On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we talk a little MLB, NFL, and some NBA playoffs, as well as the Masters from this weekend. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to the latest edition of Senior Quotes Live here at WZBC Sports. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, with my co-host, Jack Coleman. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. We are on a nice little break coming up here. Uh, tests and everything have kind of been winding down before finals, so it's a good little break, and everyone's in a good state of mind, I feel like, around campus. And We just had Marathon Monday yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Got to see the Boston Marathon. We actually, we were both... <laughs> We both participated. We, we were in the, marathon. in the Boston Marathon for about for five like seconds. Five each. seconds. Yeah, we we, we crossed. <laughs> uh, the The road gets shut down, um, and if you're on one side of the road, you can't cross to the other. Well, per se, but you know, you and I both crossed over before the race began, and we wanted to get back to main campus. And to do so, we had to take a few footsteps in the Boston Marathon, so we did that. So strictly athletes yeah. here at Senior Quotes. Well, shout out to our guy, Connor Katamatori, who actually ran the Boston Marathon and did great. Um, that was a awesome. cool moment, yeah. yeah, having him come over to us uh, and just at the 21-mile mark, which is three-quarters of the way through, just kind of like, I, I like almost, I don't want to say collapsed, but like just was leaning into us, uh, was a really cool moment to help support him and keep him going and he did great um so much training went into that so shout out to you connor and um great job so and mrs Durney uh also ran the boston marathon great job to you too so today's episode will be covering a lot uh the three main sports we usually do as well as a very big event in a sport we've probably never talked about on this show before um not to give too many spoilers there even though the people listening to this on Apple Podcasts already heard the intro. But for you guys live, we'll keep it a surprise. Yeah, so I th- I'm i not sure if my mic is working right now. Oh, what? Yeah, I think mine might be off. Try to test now? it? Test, test. Doesn't look good. So. Doesn't right. look good. You well, guys, so <laughs> back to square one. It's one mic day. Awesome. <laughs> so we are <laughs> both here. Um... In the studio with one mic. Wow, this is okay. It's whack. This but is whatever. Whack. All right. I wonder if like everyone all day just didn't realize that, but because of such loyal fans at Senior Quotes, we have the privilege to figure everything out. <laughs> so yeah, we are gonna alternate between one mic today. This is some rough technical difficulties that we can clearly say are not on our part. We're just trying to fix this as much as we can, but. This is going to be kind of funny, honestly. Yeah. Like, I can believe forgot. We had to deal with this for all the first semester. Or, or, no, it was the it was the first couple of um, episodes or whatever this at, at BC that we had to deal with it. So if you're listening now, you're hearing this debacle. But on the actual podcast, it's going to sound a lot better and clearer for both of us. So only issue with the people listening to it on Apple Podcasts, you'll probably hear this mic creaking back and forth. That's because we have to move it. Would you rather hear that or one voice? Decide for yourself. I, I don't know. But let's get into it. I'll, I'll take the mic to my side and read my first quote and then send it back your way. And you can guess what it is. So um, 
What do you want? Baseball, football, basketball? You can just tell me, huh? Basketball. He says basketball. <laughs> All right. So, just say uh, who said it and uh, the main topic it's about. All right. You're not going to win a lot of games when you get out-rebounded by 20 or so rebounds. Um, this is your only NBA one? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it has oh to be gosh. the Nets because you're a Nets fan and we need to talk about the playoffs. We do. And they were playing the Sixers and they definitely got out-rebounded. So I'm oh, going yeah. to say this is about the Nets. Um, I'm going to – why do I always blank on the coach's name? I'm going mm. s- to say the coach. Or mm. maybe like Jared Allen. Okay. Okay, so the answer is – Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets, so you get That's a right. half point. And because we only have one mic, I'm going to dominate it for a few minutes and then send it your way. The Brooklyn Nets looked awesome in the first game against the Sixers. We won by eight. Uh, we actually looked in control the entire time. Joel Embiid clearly was hurt, and he still is, but he's made it work on his injured leg in the game two of the series. So that was awesome. It got me very excited. But last night's loss really hit me hard uh jack can attest to that maybe in a second i don't know if i said a word to anyone for like an hour after the game but it just yeah as joe harris says we got very out rebounded and you just cannot win a game when you're shooting poorly and can't get rebounds offensively or defensively so in that regard we were crushed overall i mean there were some bright spots and then we just gave up 51 points i mean we're only down one at halftime and in the third quarter giving up 51 points was killer. Um, my real thing that I wanted to talk about with the Brooklyn Nets, and you can give your side of the story here. We were discussing in our SAC basketball group chat last night. Shout out to the SAC. We were just discussing if the Brooklyn Nets are disrespected by the media and if they get enough attention or not for being a playoff team. So, you know, one of our friends, Donnie Mills, great player in the SAC, we both respect him very much. Um, said he thought every Nets fan is acting like other people were talking blank about the Nets and no one really did. But my counter to that is just for a playoff team in a very big city, there's not enough media attention because there's a bigger team with more history and a bigger media share in that area. And my response is in the national media that shouldn't really matter it should be what's going on in terms of the team and of course there's a lot of hype with the Knicks having the first pick and having rumors with Kevin Durant coming to the team that makes sense but you should also be hearing about the playoff team in town as well so I don't know I just want more respect for the Nets they looked awesome in game one there were bright spots in game two and I can't wait for the playoffs to come to Brooklyn for the first time since 2015 it's the first New York playoff game since 2015 I believe it's been 10 years for the Knicks. I, I'll, I'll check it in a second. But what, what are your takes on all that, on how the Nets have looked so far in the playoffs? What do you think about their – are they being respected or disrespected by the media? Uh, here, passing the mic. <laughs> so, first of all, I mean, like, I don't necessarily think that it is disrespect in any way. Um, I agree that they don't get the coverage they deserve currently, but I don't see it as disrespect. I see it as a smaller market for the team. I, I mean, you look at this when we said this, everything, or excuse me, mm-hmm. all the teams like that are the major New York teams, like the Giants, Yankees, Knicks, Rangers, always get the coverage and the media coverage that they deserve as well. But when it comes to Brooklyn, I kind of see them not like they are a New York team for sure, just as the Mets, Jets. Um, I guess Islanders would be, mm-hmm. but you know they 
are the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like that's just such a smaller part of New York City that it doesn't necessarily deserve the entirety of New York coverage. I think that they are a New York playoff team and they do deserve some respect in that sense. But I just don't think that it'll happen unless the Nets are maybe another round in or, or a round after that. But I, you know, I've the thing is I've heard a lot more about the Nets this year on media coverage than any year in the past. And even though it's not, you know, as much as I've heard about the Knicks or anything, I still believe that they are getting up there. And yes, they don't have the, excuse me, the, um, you know, stadium or the or the are the mecca of basketball like New New York is like the Knicks, but. I still think that the Nets have something coming, and you know, if even if they're not getting it now, it's sure to come down the road. I definitely think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So, just a quick response to that. I, I really hate this system, by the way. But uh, just a response to that. I mean, yes, Brooklyn is a smaller part of the city, and I agree with you that there's more history with the Knicks. That's why it's called the mecca of basketball. But Brooklyn's a part of that mech. It's a part of New York. And at the same time, there's like teams in smaller markets like the Bucks, who obviously, different story, they're the best team in the NBA in terms of record. But teams like them are getting the media they deserve because of what they've been doing. The Nets, sure, only went 42-40, and 40, but they made the playoffs with a rising star who was on the All-Star team that's very overlooked, in my opinion, as well as he could be in the most improved player running this year. There's a lot to go around with this team. Yes, there's not the star power that a lot of other teams have, but the Knicks don't have that right now either. That's why I just feel like it, it should be a little more balanced at least this year. I get the fact that media splits and why there's more coverage for the teams with more fans. The Knicks have been around longer. It makes sense. The, the Nets have just moved to that area six or seven years ago. At the same time, they're there now, and they're building a fan base. And the only way to get more fans is to get more exposure. So that's just how it works in today's day and age. And that's what I want to see as a fan of a team who I've been very impressed with. If they lose the next three games of the series, I'll be upset, of course, but very happy with the season regardless. So that's just how I feel about it. I mean, to counter the Milwaukee point, I, I think that, you know, Milwaukee is the only Word. team. <laughs> awesome. So the mic just fell. That's no, no, we got it, we got fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, you are currently listening to me fixing our other microphone. Is this broken? We oh, let's just hold it. Like all right, awesome. So yeah. now I'm <laughs> holding like a rapper. How's it going? Everyone's watching. Cool. Yeah, we have multiple people. <laughs> this mic doesn't work. Cool. cool. Awesome. All right. Great. A lot of help here at WZBC. <laughs> anyway, so what I was saying, with the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, that is the only team in Milwaukee. Yes, it's not a big market like right, New right. York. But at the same time, the Bucks have a strong, big tradition and a big fan base. Yeah. And they have arguably the MVP of the season in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And mm. we haven't seen a player like him physically, really, since LeBron. So I can understand why they would get more coverage. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, why the Nets don't get as much as the Knicks. It, it's how ESPN works. And it's a problem that I have with ESPN is that it's New York, L.A.-based and they're going to focus in on, you know, the Lakers over the Clippers, the Knicks over the Nets. Like, that's what happens. And it's just a problem in sports media where ESPN can't be the only one being monopolized. And that's why shows like us, part of my take, other podcasts and, you know, other major TV networks that are so few and far between, you know, they do. Co I feel like the Nets are covered a fair amount 
in other media at like aspects i still think that you guys are being talked about it's just not through the main ones but that's because espn is monopolized yeah um that, that's my reasoning for it and then i think the only counter there is that espn is the biggest market or the biggest share of social media and media in general in terms of sports and while i don't personally agree with that it's just how it is because they also have had the history they've been the leader in that regard for decades now so almost at centuries which it feels like but decades now um and that's just how it works that's why i hate that the lakers still get covered even when they're out of the playoffs and have had a disappointing season it just still matters what lebron's doing on the sideline or whatnot it's how it works because there are more lebron fans than there are nets fans probably and stuff like that but i don't know it's just how really the nba more than any other sport works because you'll see any playoff team in the nfl will get their fair share of coverage in that season. You won't be hearing about the Giants and their quarterback hopes, like what are they going to do in the draft, until after the playoffs, right? So that's where it's a little different for me. At the same time, it's it's all happening at the same time for the NBA. You know, it feels like there's more time between the playoffs and the offseason for the NFL. So maybe that's why. But as a whole, really proud of the Nets. Maybe I'm just a pissed-off Nets fan right now in general, so... That's just me getting on my pedestal and talking about that. But overall, yeah, <laughs> uh, we're, we're getting more attention, I agree with you. And just having these nationally covered games because they're playoff games is enough attention already. Yeah. So a, a good improvement. But okay, I will pass you this now hanging microphone, which has come off of the stand so that you can read your first quote. So before I do, though, um, I I do want to say that I think the NBA is the most player-based league Mm -hmm. in all of sports. And when it comes to the Nets, your main star player, you know, is associated with Mm. being a snitch and and doing... But he's become so much more. And and I I agree. But when it comes to player and, and, you know, making revenue off players, that's something that sticks around with fans. And it's hard to get that image out so it's the I, casual fans though that don't yeah see new, and, and yeah. i think d'angelo russell can get out of that eventually it's just right now that's the basis and then surrounding him are all players that don't get me wrong are very very talented and work very well together but they're just they don't have anything that's necessarily that star potential that the nba can you know snatch up and, and make money off joe harris could become a clay thompson i mean there's yeah. potential the, no definitely for sure and you know we'll check this in on this again in a year or so yeah. but for now i think that's also part of the issue it's it's good that you're in the playoffs and getting nationally televised games because i think it can change in the future but for right now i think this is kind of where it's at mm. right. so i'm going to continue on with the playoffs okay. with the nba playoffs um, so tell me who said this and who he is talking about. He came in here and said a few cuss words. Shocked me a little bit to tell the truth, but I like it. That is the type of energy I love. Make sure everybody did their job, letting them know we can't have it. It's not winning basketball. And we come out and di- and we came out and did what we were supposed to do. Okay. Um, this is also about the net sixer series. It's just on the other side. The person who said the cuss words that we can't repeat is Brett Brown, the coach of the team. And I believe it was Ben Simmons who said it. It was actually Jimmy Butler. Okay, oh, and it was one or the other I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. uh, so you get a half point. But f- for me, I felt that it was important that it was Jimmy Butler saying this mm. because Jimmy Butler has been known to be the cancer of basketball teams. We've talked about yeah. it a lot on our show. And I think this is the first step, or first time really, 
where he's kind of been called out. No one really does the calling out. He's the one that has been doing it. He's the one that went to the Timberwolves practice and called out everyone on the team and then beat them all with, you know, the third string bench. So it's always been him. But now you have a coach and Brett Brown obviously fighting for his job here as well. Like if the Sixers lose this first series, he very much, very likely could be fired. But no, Jimmy Butler is admitting that he did a great job at halftime. They came out with a 51-point third quarter, so obviously he amped them up. Mm. And I believe that if Jimmy Butler is to stay this summer with the Sixers, which I kind of like the idea of, and who knows what could happen because if the Nets win this series, I could see Jimmy Butler going there. Oh, He oh. has that attitude where he huh. doesn't care what people will think and – I think he would be actually a great fit basketball-wise for the Nets team. I don't know about culture-wise with the not locker culture room. Wise, not culture-wise. Not culture-wise with with the locker room. But I do think basketball-wise, he is the best, one of the better fits up there. Kawhi number for one. For the team. Or Tobias Harris, actually. So, what I will say is that the 76ers did look a lot better in the second game of the series, mm. uh, as we had said. But if Jimmy Butler stays... I think he needs to be the leader of this Sixers team. Joel Embiid, who, you know, he's a loud mouth. He, he calls people out. Um, and, you know, he's, he's kind of just the bad guy around the league right now. And that's not what you want out of your leader. Right. I think Giannis does a good job of doing that while also being the team leader. Mm. I can't see Joel Embiid doing that. Ben Simmons, he's that point guard, you know, amazing LeBron type point guard where he's able to do crazy things and I just don't see him having that vocal voice in order to be a leader Jimmy Butler is this guy and if he can make this work with the Sixers this is a great team around him I think if he steps up this can be a very very good team in an up-and-coming Eastern Conference yeah so I agree with you and I like what the Sixers have in general the question is like who do they retain and it's kind of what you're getting at is it Jimmy Butler is it Tobias Harris who's also a free agent and he looked great last night. Everyone looked great in the Sixers last night. That's the thing I didn't really talk about is the Sixers side of the ball. The players who did not show up in game one, as in Redick, Harris, etc., Simmons as well, all dominated in game two and looked like the the Goliath, you know, against the David that is the Nets. Um, I do think Butler would fit as a basketball player. I just would be so scared of him in the locker room, especially in a team so tightly knit as the Nets currently are. Um, also... Joel Embiid has become my least favorite player in the NBA. It's just like... It's not really a hot take. No, I mean, he elbowed the heck, as I'm not going to curse, out of Jared Allen and was only given a flagrant one when I think he should have been a flagrant two and ejected. And the kind of theory that people are saying on Reddit and Twitter and all that is the Sixers could not... Or the NBA could not afford the Sixers to lose game two at home and go into Brooklyn down 2-0 without Embiid for another game, even though that's what should have been called. And then right after, Rodian's Karuk was called for a flagrant one for barely pushing Ben Simmons on a rebound. So if you're equating that to an elbow to the face, which looks like it hurt, but Jared Allen just got right back up and maybe that was part of it. I don't know. That really, really, really ticked me off. Um, but yeah, as for the Sixers, they look like the better team. It, it, it's a battle of depth versus superstars, and usually in the playoffs, superstars win that. However, as we saw in game one, depth can take over as well. It's just how are these guys going to keep playing and will Embiid stay healthy and out of foul trouble? Um, I'm not really looking forward to the result of the series, but like I said earlier, having basketball in Brooklyn will be, or playoff basketball in Brooklyn will be fun. Okay, 
On to my second quote. Would you like baseball or football for this one? Go, uh, go football. Okay. <clears throat> uh, tell me who said it and who slash what it's about. Blank is a unique player, a unique competitor. It's rare the way he's just so consistently connected to competing and battling. To keep that factor as part of the program is just a real positive for our fans and for everyone. Um, I mean, I think I might just go with Demarius Thomas, who was signed. I, I don't know. You said a lot of stuff about winning and stuff like that, so that reminds me of the Pats. So I'm going to say Demarius Thomas and, I don't know, maybe like Belichick saying that. Okay, interesting guess. That did happen today. But what happened last night into today, which oh, I would believe is yeah, a much bigger story. I know story. what this is, too. It's Russell Wilson. Yes, Russell Wilson yep. signing now the biggest contract in the NFL. Um, I believe it's four years, $160 million, um, Includes a very fat signing bonus in there. Uh, and Pete Carroll's the one who said it about his player. So Love Pete Carroll. Yeah, I, I, actually, I don't know how I feel about Pete Carroll. Great coach. He's a, he's kind a of a guy. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of, like, yeah. Charity stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my take on this is I'm a disappointed Giants fan who got very excited about rumors that Russell Wilson was not going to sign an extension by last night. There was an ultimatum, a deadline for the deal, and, you know, he made it happen. The, the Seahawks made it happen, giving him what he wanted, a deal that makes him the highest-paid player in football, as well as it, it goes up as the salary cap is going to increase in the future. So a very cool design for Wilson and I mean he's he's that good of a player it makes sense to me as to why he would get this money now why am I disappointed as a Giants fan because we heard that Russell Wilson not only maybe wanted to get out of Seattle but that he specifically wanted to come to New York and Tyron Matthew tweeted about it he said you didn't hear it from me but Russell wants to play in New York um there were these crazy three-way trades about the Seahawks getting Kyler Murray and the Giants moving the sixth pick, the seventeenth pick, future first rounders, all to bring in Russell uh, Russell Wilson, excuse me, and make him our franchise quarterback and just our centerpiece. So what an offense that would have been, first of all, of Golden Tate, uh, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, Russell Wilson, Evan Ingram, an improved O line. That's a scary offense that just needs some defensive help. Now you wouldn't really have the draft for that. Maybe you'd find some good pieces in the later rounds, you know, but. With a year or two of development, that team would have been scary, but now it's just a would-have and nothing more than that. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, it's a great deal for Russell. It's very expensive, but that's what you have to pay quarterbacks now. There's another thing that the, ma- <laughs> the majority of Super Bowl winners are teams who have rookie contract quarterbacks, you know, so they can spend their money elsewhere. Now that this has happened, the Seahawks do not have a lot of cap room to compete with other teams like the Browns who are spending all their money to help around Baker Mayfield, not on Baker Mayfield. So what do you think about this? Um, I, I'm a little torn. I mean, Russell Wilson was getting older up in there, up in his years, but I do believe that he's been consistently a very good quarterback every year, basically, that he's played, and he really hasn't had that much help around him. So I think if he were to go to the Giants and had a great running back like Saquon back like when he had Marshawn Lynch, I think that would be great for his game. You know, Golden Tate is solid. Sterling Shepard is great. So I think we could have put together a nice offense, but I I feel like that's still not really getting rid of the problem with the Giants because we kind of still had a really good offense. Well, 
besides the offensive line, like we still had a fairly good offense last year. If you look at look at it piece by piece, like yes, Eli Manning is older and getting up there, but I still think that he had a fairly decent year. I don't think it was anything like awful. I think it was just more so the O line around him, and that's how it's been kind of consistently every year for the Giants. I, I think it's just a time to really start over and, you know, draft a young quarterback and start fresh. I, I don't want any more troubles coming in with an aged quarterback. Yes, Russell Wilson is great. I think it would have been awesome. At the same time, I think we need to be in the mentality to start fresh and just run it clean from the start. So I think that's what I'm rocking with. So on my side of that, it's just Russell Wilson is a lot younger than Eli. Like, it's a very different situation between Wilson's age and Eli's age but I agree sooner rather than later we will get a Russell Wilson who doesn't have the speed that he normally you know can <laughs> I'm just well we'll get to uh the people listening and wanting shout outs in a second but um you know it, it's there's Russell Wilson's mobility is gonna go down as he gets older and that's all of his value there so it's a little scary to think about that for the Seahawks in the future I agree with you we need a young quarterback this is the year to pick him it's not the best class, but we have to do it unless, what do you think? Do we wait, pick two players on defense maybe this year at 6 and 17, and then just wait for 2020? Or do we take a quarterback at 17 and get a very good defender at 6? I'm just scared we pick Daniel Jones, who the Giants apparently love, and I trust our scouts, but at the same time, something tells me he's going to be a bust. Also, just so they can shut up, because there's a lot of text coming in, shout out to both Sam and Kyle, who are currently listening. Love you guys. Please stop blowing up my phone because the mic is definitely picking that up um, <laughs> for the for the podcast uh, episode later. So what what do you think about all that? Well, I don't know. I I mean, we still don't really know what's going on with the Cardinals and Josh Rosen. I mean, that can still be an option. Also, we I don't know. It, it's it's just a whole bad picture all around. Like there really is no official fix to this problem. I really don't understand. I. I think the Daniel Jones thing could just be smoke, too. I think there will be teams trading up to try and get one of the top quarterbacks, whether that be Murray or Haskins. And I think the Giants are really banking on trying to get Haskins or Murray. And throwing some other fuel to the fire out there behind a Daniel Jones, um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but behind Daniel Jones, you know, is only going to help the Giants out. I don't know what we're going to do in terms of trading. I could see us trading up. I could also see us trading down if we don't like any of the quarterbacks available if Haskins and Murray go one and two. So, you know, you, you don't know. We're, we're going to see how it goes. We're in a weird position in the draft. So it, it'll be a long day, I think, overall. But I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it. Yeah, obvi- definitely, definitely pumped. But I think this rebuild really, really needs to start this year, and there's not so much waiting we can do. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Sorry for the uh, long breaks in between these with uh, the mic passing and also just apologizing again for all the random noise that the uh, podcast mic is going to be picking up throughout the episode. But just to wrap up the Giants segment of sadness here and uh, get moving to your second quote, I I mean, I'm excited for the draft in general because it's one of my favorite times of year in in all sports. So nine days away, going to be fun regardless to see where Kyler Murray ends up. Uh, if the Cardinals trade Rosen, because that's still possible. Maybe the Giants get Rosen and then can still pick two defenders. Uh, there's a lot of options left. My guess, though, is the Giants go, I don't know, we'll probably do a mock draft episode next week, you know, right before it. But right now I'm saying 
a Brian Burns type defender, maybe Ed Oliver, someone for the defensive line at six. Could also see Devin White, who's the best linebacker in the draft at six. And then depending on when, who we've picked, 17 could be Devin Bush, who's the other top linebacker. Could be a different linebacker, defensive lineman, even a corner. Um, or it's Daniel Jones. Uh, and it just depends on what trades are going on around it. Dave Gettleman's not one to usually move picks, but so many mock drafts have shown potential trades, and there's been so many rumors about us checking in on Josh Rosen. The, the possibilities are endless, Jack. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. We're just going to have to wait and see, and that's the fun of it, because the smoke screens in the NFL really keep you on your toes, except for the maybe the first one or two picks. Like, Kyler Murray has been mocked in every single draft of the Cardinals, except for those with trades. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I don't really know. But on to your second quote. Right now the score, I believe, is, I don't know, like 0. 0.5 to 0. 0.5. What did I get on the first one? Uh, you got 0. 0.5. Okay. And you also got 0. 0.5 on the first. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of – I have a game in hand, basically. We'll, we'll see what happens on this second quote. So back to some NBA playoffs. I'm going to go with my next quote here. Tell me who said it and, I guess, the situation surrounding it. If you've been around this team, this is habit. We've been down 28-25, but continue to play the right way. We know how this feels. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the other big news in NBA playoffs, at least as far as I'm concerned, is the Clippers' insane comeback last night where they were down 31, I believe, in the fourth quarter and came back. So I'm going to say it's about the Clippers. My player who I'm going to pick from that is Lou Will. So it's not Lou Will, but it is the Clippers. It's another it's, half point. Yeah, it's Pat Beverly, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So huge 31-point comeback. You know, Lou Will went off. Lou yeah. Will went off. Lou was amazing, and I was actually looking at a potential quote from him. Okay. But I really liked Pat Beverly's quote. Uh, you know, the team limited Kevin Durant to nine – well, made Kevin Durant force nine turnovers. Wow. Yet he only – I was unsure if I read this right, but he only took eight shots. Hmm. I, I believe that's what it what I saw, unless he only made eight shots, which mm. would just be 16 points, but I feel like that's, like, it's subpar for Durant, but still, like, a fair number. And then, also, he had six fouls and left the game. So, you eliminated Kevin Durant. Uh, the rookie, Landry Shamat. Sh- Shamat. Yeah. Who else is Shamat? There's a Shamat out there. I don't know. There isn't something. <laughs> I, I can't think of who it is. But, but Landry Shamat. Um, game-winning shot. That was awesome. In the second half, the Clippers had 85 points. Wow. Total. Damn. And now we get the news today that Boogie has a uh, torn, torn quad, quad mm-hmm. and is out. So that's even worse for the Warriors. And I'm going to s- say it and stick by my original hot take, which was not crazy hot, that the Warriors are not going to be in the finals this year. Mm. I don't think it's their year. There's too much chaos going on. The only guys who are playing... Like, they mean it, really, are Steph and Clay, like we always say. I think Kevin Durant's heart is out of it because he's coming to New York. Or just, he's going to be leaving. I really don't think he's coming back. I think he's leaving, and I think it doesn't even really matter as much this year. Yet, the other day, he said, you know, he doesn't know what's going on with free agency, just watch the games. But, you know, I feel like even that response is one of those that even Kyrie Irving has said, where it's it's just like, if you were really staying, I feel like your response would have been different. And now it's just kind of like fueling the fire that they're leaving. He was just like, just watch, and I don't know what I'm doing yet. So we'll see. But my take so far is that the Rockets, Mm -hmm. if the Warriors are to make it out of this round, 
the Rockets will eventually be the team that knocks they get them the off. revenge. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, just to continue about KD's heart being out of it, you see Steph doing his fun trick shots on the sideline, and KD just is having none of it, no interest. Which this kind of like ticked me off about KD is that you're you're making so much money playing the game that you love, and you're still I'm not gonna say petty enough, but you're just in such a bad mood that you can't even have fun on the sidelines with one of the most fun players in the league. Not my favorite personally, but Steph has so much fun playing the game, and you'd think that would be contagious, but it seemed like the opposite with how Kevin Durant was acting on the sideline, just looking so disinterested, and you know, his heart was out of it, like you said. Um, that doesn't excite me, personally. Like It's not really the look of a player that I'd want. I mean, obviously he's so talented, and any team would want Kevin Durant. But, again, for the locker room, just like we're saying about Jimmy Butler, it, it seems almost dangerous now to have Kevin Durant in your locker room. And he wasn't that same kind of player when he was with the Thunder. It seemed different where they were having fun. There was a little bit of a falling out between Durant and Westbrook because there was only room for one star, which now is not true at all because Paul George looks awesome next to Westbrook. I, I'm not really sure. Kevin Durant, you'd think he'd be maturing, but it seems like he's going backwards. I, I I agree with you. I don't think the Warriors make it to the finals this year, or at least they don't win the finals. They're still such a great team, talent-wise, but with Cousins hurt, we go back to the Warriors we had last year, which, hey, they won, but it's such a different dynamic now. Clay looks a little bit quieter, and then, I mean, Steph looks great as always, but KD, not the same interest. He's won his rings. What else does he need from the Warriors? This was his kind of cop-out, almost, to get these rings I'm not sure he's concerned about a three-peat or four, whatever it is now. I, yeah, I, I really do agree with you. And the Rockets is a good pick. I can see a lot of the teams, probably the Nuggets as well. Trailblazers I've watched have looked good so far. Even the Thunder, if they pull off their first-round series against the Blazers, I believe that that's who they're playing. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'd love to see a different team out of the West, though, than the Warriors. And I... You know, I obviously agree with you about Kevin Durant. And if I were any other team besides the Knicks, I don't even necessarily know if I would want him. I no, just think yeah. that it is the ideal best situation is for him to come. Hmm. I think that we need a superstar like Kevin Durant. Obviously, he has the talent. And I think that's exactly what the Knicks need for a quick turnaround. I, there is nothing to, really to worry about in terms of, you know, competing with another star. He is going to be that guy. Like, that will be Kevin Durant in New York, and he will experience the love from fans in New York that he really doesn't get as much with Golden State. And, you know, he isn't a guy messing around with Steph and everything because he's out of it. Like, mm. this is what happens when you go to a team just for rings. Yeah. You lose love for basketball. And I think Kevin Durant will refine that love for basketball in New York. I don't know. I'm not sure. I fully think he will behind a team with a most likely at least i mean we're not shooting below the top five for the draft so you're getting a really good young player out of college and then if kevin durant comes there's most likely a chance we can pair him with someone else hopefully we can add another free agent and there is a lot of young talent and kevin durant can finally be that leader to guys i think he can these guys are young enough and have enough talent that i think that they understand who kevin durant is and his prowess in this league and he'll really kind of take on that role to be like the guy who will boost everyone's stats and get everyone going so 
my take is like the complete opposite side where if I'm looking for a veteran leader for this young player that's definitely going to be coming in and it's a young team overall already, I'm not taking a guy who has already lost his interest in this sport and has never taken that leadership role before or shown that he can really do it well. It's just like Kyrie who looked like he lost his interest in basketball behind LeBron and wanted to trade and he has not been the great greatest leader for the Celtics in his last two seasons there. He just doesn't have that personality. And he's another player who the Knicks want to bring in. So uh, for a team who obviously, like Kyle just said here, they need Zion more than they need KD. I agree. You need a new young player who loves basketball and, you know, will share that interest for years to come and is has so much potential. Sure, the Knicks can get both. It's very possible. But does that help Zion or hurt him? You know, it's just KD doesn't want to share the limelight. And he's going to have to with a guy like Zion, who, in my opinion, will get even more public interest than KD would, just based on this year alone. And that's not what KD wants. You could see him getting unhappy because of it. The hope would be that, like you said, KD finds his interest again, enjoys playing with Zion, and, you know, the rest is history. The Knicks go far. I just can't say that that works out in my mind you know uh, let, let me hear what you think though I, i'm just not sure about that so i i definitely agree with a lot of that i i totally see it i just think that my thoughts about the outcome are different and for one main reason i think that the happiest i have seen kevin durant all season and seeing his clear love for basketball was all-star weekend playing around and shooting around with kyrie irving I've seen the videos endlessly. There were multiple taken that weekend, and I've not seen Kevin Durant that happy since OKC. And that's why I think he has that chance with the Knicks and with Kyrie too, because Kyrie has had the same thing where he hasn't had a good year. He hasn't enjoyed basketball this year. The two of them together messing around, looking like they were playing pickup outside, like in someone's backyard, like that was a sheer love for basketball. And I think that that is what could return if they were both to go to New York. And I think it can happen. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm, I'm not totally sure, but all right. So let me get to my final quote of the day. This one is about baseball. Uh, before that, Kyle has been keeping me updated with the Yankees versus Red Sox game. Clint Frazier is going off right now. It's three nothing Yankees against Chris Sale. Clint Frazier just hit a home run. And like Kyle said, has looked awesome since his call up to the team. That's what we need. The young guys to show up and show that this team does have depth when like 10 different players are on the IL at the same time. So we'll just have to see if they can continue that. And beating the Red Sox, who also have not looked great this season, but nevertheless, I mean, that's the biggest rivalry in sports and two great teams on paper. So hopefully they can continue that lead. James Paxton's having his first really good start of the year, um, and hopefully he can continue that performance as well into the rest of the game. Okay, so just say who this is and the topic it's about. We actually had a quote about him on last week's episode. So, I tried not to let the slump dominate my thoughts, especially the last few days when I felt when I really felt better at the plate and still wasn't seeing any return. I was glad to see not one fall today, but get a few hits, like I really contributed to the win. Um, I'm trying to think who we talked about. I know we talked about Chris Davis, but I'm trying to think if we had just him or someone else. Because I feel like that was the only baseball quote we talked about. So I'm going to say Chris Davis. And I know he had a I know he had a solid game yesterday. I think he had like a home run and four hits. 
I don't know if there's more to that. I'm, I'm going to give you the full point. It was Chris Davis. What I was looking for, because you got it right, he's had four hits, I believe, in the last two or three games, including a home run. The big deal, though, and you'll you'll remember it immediately, is that he just broke an 0 for 49 streak where yep. he didn't have a hit in 49 at-bats. That streak is over. Chris Davis playing very well in these last three games, funny enough, against the Red Sox. Um, my quick take on Chris Davis, first of all, I love that all these fans are coming around him and just helping you know, boost his morale. The guy has been so down on baseball. I'm guessing, speaking of a guy who hates the sport he plays, can you imagine going up to the plate 49 straight times? You're getting paid to hit the ball, and you cannot do it. So, especially for a guy who was getting great contact and just seemed to get robbed left and right. Um, my take on him personally, hopefully he can continue boosting his confidence and playing well. I just hate his swing. It looks like he's slapping at the ball, and he's just such a strong guy that a slap can sometimes hit it out of the park. But in his case, he could just be digging into the ball if he bent his knees and got his shoulders into it a little bit more. It looks like just kind of a slap uh, that it took it out into the Red Sox right field, which honestly I've realized is just as short as the Yankees right field uh, porch, except you just never hear about it. Um, But even still, just shout out to Chris Davis for turning it around because first of all, the average person would go over 49. But the fact is, he had the 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 strength, honestly, the emotional, I don't know, perseverance to get through such a rough streak and, you know, finally turn around. So shout out to you, Chris Davis. Keep it up, but work on your swing a little bit because I'm just not very impressed with the technique he's got right now. So speaking of working on swing, we're going to do a little golf now. I, right. This may be our first golf That's quote what I was saying, yeah. of all of Senior Quotes. So we are expanding. It's some, yeah. some big news. Uh, but before we do that, quick shout-out to CBA Fathers Club, who is actually at the Yankees game right now. Okay. So shout-out them. It's CBA love. That's awesome. So the Masters was this weekend. Uh, obviously, we know who won. So pretty easy half point there. But I want you to try and figure out who said the, who actually said the quote. It is another athlete, I will say that. Not necessarily golf, though. All right. Greatest comeback story in sports. Congrats, blank. We know who that is. Let me hold one of those five jackets one time. Um, um, I will take my free half point and say that Tiger Woods pulled it off. Uh, I have a hot take about him coming up in just a sec. This is tough, though. You know, because when, when you just think of, like, social media and who talks about these players all the time, the first one that comes to my mind is the King LeBron James. It, it is definitely basketball. It's definitely basketball. And, you know, I want to stick with my gut, but I'm just going to think real fast. I mean, it's just, it's tough because there are so many people out there. This could be anyone, literally. There's not a lot of criteria here. But I'm going to just go with LeBron James. So LeBron was a good guess because <laughs> LeBron did have a quote of his own. Okay. But I went, I chose not to do LeBron's because I thought that Steph Curry, oh. who has oh. participated in multiple yeah. tournaments, would be a better quote. Okay. Uh, so Steph Curry showing love to Tiger Woods. And his trick shot this weekend was golf related. Yeah, if exactly. Yeah. And, and he did the Tiger celebration yeah. uh, right after. So okay. I... I have a couple things about Tiger. Uh, I think it's better if you start with your okay. take on it. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, Jack knows what I'm going to say already because I've been saying this around the room all weekend long. And it's just that 
I'm not a big Tiger guy. And, I mean, he's hopefully going to be the greatest of all time. I, I, I will root for him to win the rest of his majors in order to pass uh, Jack Nicklaus and become the greatest of all time in terms of major winners. However, it, he just is not a great guy, you know, off the course. He's had his fair share of drama, and sure, that took away from his prime. He could have won a few more majors, but that's on him. That doesn't make me feel like this is a great comeback story. I mean, it is because of injuries. I'm sure you'll get to that part. But for me, you can't blame his wife or any of his other issues off the course for taking away from his greatness as a golfer. And the other half of this is that I feel like everyone who roots for Tiger Woods is a bandwagon fan, even more so, not everyone, but the majority, just like the Patriots or the Red Sox as a guy going to BC and not being one of those people, you just see these, just everyone flooding the Patriots or Red Sox parades, saying that they were rooting for them the entire time. And why? Just so you could put a social media post up of you at some parade or rooting for them and wearing their colors. It's the same thing with Tiger Woods. I saw a hundred social media posts, whether on Instagram or Snapchat stories, of them rooting for Tiger. And that's fine. Root for who you want. It's just, it annoys me a bit that this is the guy who gets all this attention. Did he make golf more exciting and bring in so many fans? Yes. My side of it, however, is that he's just not the one that I wish had all this attention. And I know there's guys like Daniel, our roommate, who hopefully is listening right now. I know he did last week. If so, Josh Allen's great. If not, Josh Allen sucks. Um, he he rooted for Dan, uh, Daniel rooted for Tiger Woods since he was very young, and so many people did and found him an idol in terms of golf. But he's just not the right player to be an idol. And this is coming from someone who idolized A-Rod in baseball when I grew up. And I changed my mind on that when I realized he was a steroid user, you know? There's just so much to it, and these people still rooting for Tiger now. Yes, it's historic in terms of a comeback, but at the same time, it, I, I personally just can't do it. So, on to your side of it now. I know you said your mind changed a little bit about Tiger, just doing the research and following him this week, so let me hear your side. Well, I... I, I can understand what you are saying about Tiger, but at the same time, I think that this is up there with one, if not the greatest comebacks in sports history. I mean, for me, I'm still going to hold MJ coming back from baseball and still winning. I, I think that that was the greatest comeback in all of sports, but Tiger's was huge. And I think that Tiger resonates with so many people because he's not perfect mm. and he's not the perfect role model. He messed up. Yeah. The difference between him and A-Rod is that when Tiger was winning, it had nothing to do it didn't really have to do with performance enhancing drugs. You can't take back what Tiger had already done. No, sure. What happened off the course, you know, that's different. And and you know, he was wrong for doing that. But what I've seen in Tiger compared to, you know, him coming back this past year, even actually the past 2 years. He's been working hard. Yeah. Exactly. He has been working hard and he looks like he has cleaned up his act. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, this is the guy that went from you know, having all these women come out and, and, you know, everything that went along with that mm. to winning the Masters and having immediately his kids right there with him. Sure. And that being a huge moment. I mean, like, this is a guy who looked like absolute crap the last time he was on the course and, you know, overweight, kind of out of it, maybe still, you know, not sober. And... Now this is the old Tiger. I, I look at him and I see Tiger. He is back to his old shape and form. He looks great. He's wearing the old... Um, the red. The red that, that, that he rocked back in the day. Like, 
I think that this is a great story and this is exactly what people need because not everyone is perfect and everyone falls down but tiger got back up came back and absolutely crushed it in one he was locked in from the moment he started and you know i have to hand it to him i think tiger is a great story um no i mean i agree with you if you look solely at just him as an athlete and coming back from so many injuries and still performing at the top scale golf is such a psychological sport it's so much more than just you know athleticism and what you're doing physically so it's so impressive that he was able to pull this off with just the extra thoughts running through his head that he could still focus like he said just for me well and also the the moment where he held his son up and it panned back to when his first major victory as he was hugging his own dad awesome moment if you didn't get goosebumps there you're not human you know what i mean but you can feel that way and still not just be a fan of his i i i don't know i mean it's tough (laughs) for me to see i don't know i agree with you though about giving someone a second chance like that's why i'm kind of hesitating here a little bit and i stand by my word that i'd love to say i've seen the greatest of all time at something and you can really say that if tiger becomes the sole leader in terms of majors in a career and he's still got the time for that i just again one of the main arguments I've heard from people who do know golf, to be fair, is that Tiger's prime was taken away from him because of things that went on off the course. And that's his fault. You can't have that back. I mean, sure, he really could have been the greatest if he did that. And I'd have a different opinion on him then. But I don't know. He's not necessarily a role model, in my opinion. Now, remember what Charles Barkley said. You know, I'm not your role model. He said that when he was a basketball player, you don't have to be a role model. My only thing is, he really is to so many people and you can see his influence just by all the social media coverage about him this week uh and that just kind of just you know i i don't know i don't like it but as a whole congrats to him because i agree with you just from a physical performance and athleticism in general this is standout just like with michael jordan coming back from baseball and then in maybe a lesser regard the warriors 3-1 lead or even the Red Sox coming back 3-0 against the Yankees in the ALCS, which we don't like to talk about. But it's up there. It's historic. And we saw history this weekend. But yeah. And, I mean, to kind of close it out, I think that why Tiger's comeback is so important is because of his downfall and everything. You know, in in the African-American community, Tiger was a legend. He was the one to come into a predominantly white game and absolutely crush it. I I totally agree And for the black community, that's huge. I mean... You, you get him go, you know falling down a dark track, and, and it, it's crushing. You had a guy like OJ, who was amazing, and of course he gets torn down. You have you know Bill Cosby, who was the first you know African-American on TV to have a normal job, and he gets taken down. It, Michael Jackson, it's just celebrity after celebrity that was inspiration and role model for such a community that you know doesn't necessarily have as many. And... This was just another one. And to see him come back for so many people, that means so much. Mm. So as long as he can stay that way and keep clean and, you know, have his act together, I think it's a great story. And he can end up being somewhat of a role model if he does make this complete comeback. I'm not saying it's done yet. I'm not saying that this win does it. But it's a great, great start to what can be an exciting next couple of years for for golf. I think... I think something that would cement it for me, and I'm just not, I'm never going to actively root for Tiger at this point, but I I won't root against him either, you know, and if he maybe 
maybe he marries his significant other right now or at least commits to her and we know that he's not being disloyal you know in that in his personal life because he cheated on his wife with multiple women you know not to get too much further into his uh personal details but that's something that's pretty tough for me to look past you know and we we've talked about this deep kind of stuff on the show before and we're not fans of that but as him as a golfer yes I, i i think if he continues on his path and just shows the good side of him that I agree he's been working on for sure, just as he's been working on his golf recently, then yeah, I mean, no wonder he'll have such big support. I just think my final point on why I feel it's bandwagon-ish is when you see people who have never shown any care for golf before putting a Tiger Woods picture on their story and you had no idea they had interest in that in the first place, that ticks me off a bit. It's just like the Patriots win... It's just like stuff like that. So that's my take there. That's not Tiger's fault. It's just more of a commentary on the people who root for him. As for Tiger, great job. I mean, I really do mean that is spectacular and historical. I'm just not going to actively root for him in future mass or in future uh, majors in general. There are other golfers who I think are great guys on and off the course and work just as hard, you know. So, yeah, great job there. We tied today. <laughs> one and a half to one and a half, kind of a weird episode there. But we really covered all the bases, and that's going to be it for us until after Easter break. For you guys, though, you won't notice a difference. We will be back here next Tuesday. I'm chilling in Hilton Head for five days. You're going back home to the Dirty Jurors, and we're both really excited to see our families and just have a nice little break where we can watch a ton of sports and have a lot more material for next week. So, Jack, any parting words before we send it off? That's about it. I hope everyone has a happy, healthy Easter. And we actually don't even really have a break because we are back here next Tuesday, a week from today. So, no break. And uh, we love you. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I agree. So, listen to this episode uh, when we upload it on the Apple Podcast because that'll be kind of funny because you'll hear a lot of mic noises and some chatter from us that you wouldn't have picked up during the live show. But thanks so much for listening tonight and putting up with our technical difficulties. Like Jack said, we love you. Thanks for listening. Happy Easter. We will catch you next Tuesday. See you guys. See you.